Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride. I'm Jeff Hartman, your host of this Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast. I'm also the senior editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And we are back, coming off of a holiday weekend. Some of you in the continental United States of America might have today off work. Hopefully you're still catching me, but if you catch it on Tuesday, that's okay. When it's the off season like this, most of the content that we're providing is not time sensitive. So unless news breaks on the Pittsburgh Steelers over a holiday weekend, which I doubt it will, here we go. We're going to dive into some stuff all related to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Nothing but the black and gold. That's why you tune in. And before we get started, and before we talk about, which I'm really, I'm really excited about this topic today, I want to make sure I plug a couple things. First and foremost, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It should be your one-stop shop. We say that all the time. I say it. Dave Schofield says it. Everyone says it. It should be your one-stop shop. But what does that mean? It means that if you were, to, if someone were to say to you, "Hey," You get one visit, one website visit. That's it. You have to pick which site you're going to for the Pittsburgh Steelers news, commentary, film breakdowns, etc. We aim for that site to be BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I'm not naive enough to think that you're not going to read ESPN, that you're not going to read NFL Network, that you're not going to read other blogs. I understand that. We just hope that you value Behind the Steel Curtain the most. And that includes our podcast platform. We hope that wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora, subscribe, follow, do whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. Why? Our podcast platform is not only growing, it's evolving, and it is about to expand. So we're talking about the Monday morning podcast. That's my Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Let's Ride. That's our deputy editor, Michael Beck, his Live Mike on Tuesdays. That's our editor, Dave Schofield, Stat Geek on Thursday. And then we have all of our PM content. So all the YouTube shows that are live on YouTube, you can find us on YouTube. Just go to YouTube, search BTSC Steelers Radio, subscribe to our channel. We appreciate it. Totally free. We have on Monday, The Hangover, Tuesday, The Scobro Show, Wednesday, The Curtain Call, Thursday, The Preview, Friday with Tony Defio's The Six Pack, The Touchdown Under on Saturday, Sunday, The Tales from 2 a.m., we have uh, the retro shows on our audio platform. So is Fact or Fiction with Brian Anthony Davis. All of that right there with just a click of the button. And what's coming up? What is coming up? Well, we're going to start unveiling some of these new podcasts here in the coming weeks. It's going to be a, a staggered start. We'll put it that way. In other words, it isn't going to be, hey, here's 15 new shows. Which, By the way, we're not doing 15 new shows. No, not at all. Uh, We're probably going to debut maybe three or four new shows, and it might be okay. This week, we're unveiling this show, and then we're unveiling another one closer to training camp, and then this one by the preseason. It's it's exciting. It's exciting based on the fact that we're going to be offering you so much content that not only do we hope you listen to all of it, but if not, you find shows that you really, really love. I I know that my Ride or Die crew enjoys my show. They, They... we're a little uh, this tiny little community and it's growing and i really appreciate all of my listeners that tune in every monday wednesday friday to hear me spout off about the pittsburgh steelers in some way shape or form and spouting off is something i'm going to be doing a lot of today folks as we get ready to dive into this topic so uh 
obviously as the senior editor of the website, the, I guess you would say the man in charge of everything. Um, I, I, I have to write a lot of articles as well as do these podcasts. And one of the articles I wrote came to me from um, SB Nation is also a, a partnered with DraftKings. And DraftKings just recently purchased the Ross Tucker podcast. And this is a long, this is a <laughs> this is a winding road here. And I, so I got an email from our director from DraftKings who said, "Hey, Ross Tucker just had Greg Cosell, Greg Cosell, ESPN NFL analyst, uh, loves to break down film and things like that. And he broke down the AFC North and they had timestamps for everything. So I was like, okay, I'll take a look. So it was a weekend article. That's like a weekend type story that I'll run. And so I went and I watched and Greg Cosell with Ross Tucker talked about the Steelers for maybe about five minutes. And he talked about the offense, talked about the defense, talked about expectations and I, I was listening to him, and the, obviously, the first thing that they talk about, which shouldn't shock anyone, they talk about the offensive line. And Greg Cosell put it perfectly. I mean, I listened to him, and I said, thank you. Thank you, finally. Someone in the national media that isn't just going to take a dump on the Steelers, especially the offensive line. He said, and I'm not going to give you the quote. You want to check the quote, go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, I did the transcription and all that stuff. But essentially, he said, it's a big unknown. It's a big unknown, the offensive line. He said, I'm not here to say it's going to be bad. We don't know if it's going to be bad. Just as it it easily, just as easily could be good, as easily as it is could be bad. Why? Because no one knows. No one knows what to expect from this group. No one. So he went on to talk about how this could also lead to a schematic change under Matt Canada. He pointed to the drafting of Najee Harris, who's not a running back. That is a, well, we'll give him the ball nine to ten times a game. We're going to mix him in there. No, he's a guy that needs rhythm, that needs to get into the game, get carries, get loose, get used to what the offensive line's doing and and how the defense is playing. He is a game-changing power running back. Steelers haven't had one of those in a long time. Le'Veon Bell was not a game-changing power running back. He was outstanding. He was elite, but he was different. Najee Harris is a different beast, and Cosell went on to talk about how this could be just the start. The offensive line could be just the start of what is a pretty grand change in offensive philosophy for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so I found it so refreshing to hear someone from the national media actually say, you know what, maybe this isn't all bad. Everyone thinks this is going to be just a dumpster fire, but maybe it won't. And so I decide I'm thinking about the offensive line now. I'm writing the article and I'm thinking about the Steelers' offensive line. And I'm thinking about how did they compare to previous offensive lines that made it to the Super Bowl? I was just going to do Super Bowl champions. Now, mind you, this is just in the Cower-Tomlin era. I mean, I would told my wife as I'm writing all this stuff down, she's where she's sitting around and we're talking and I said, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. And she said, what? I said, it's been 16 years since the Steelers won Super Bowl 40. She said, are you, she said 16 years. And I said, I know it's insane. I mean, we were dating. We weren't even married. We just had our anniversary on the 30th of June and that was 14 years of marriage. And And so we were just dating in college and I was like, yeah, that's, this is mind boggling. It's been a long time. And so I didn't go back into the 70s, and I don't like going back into the 70s. Why? There was no free agency then. 
And I, the 70 Steelers, they, you, they don't need any introduction. They don't need any explanation. But that was a different NFL world back then. You would not have that core group of players. We're talking Lambert, Green, Bradshaw even. I mean, probably not even Bradshaw. But all these players, they would have left in free agency. The Steelers would not have been able to keep them all. It's a different world. So I didn't go back into those teams. If you're one of those fans that's been around for six Super Bowls, I'm not, then I'm sorry to disappoint you in this regard. What I'm trying to do is to try to draw some parallels between the teams that recently made it to the playoffs uh, not to the playoffs, but to the Super Bowl, the big game. And like, what is the hope for this 2021 offensive line? Because everyone's crapping on this offensive line. Everyone thinks they're going to be dreadful. They're going to be awful. They can't do anything. So let's do it. First and foremost, I want to say that what I'm about to outline is the projected offensive line for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2021. I am fully aware that things can change. I am fully aware that players could get hurt. I am fully aware that some players might come out of nowhere and surprise people or be disappointing, and we suddenly say, well, maybe this isn't the case. For instance, Kevin Dotson. We all know about the reports. I talked about it last Wednesday about him being supposedly out of shape or not having a good mandatory minicamp. Whatever the case is, whatever the report was or is, maybe it's true. And if it is true, maybe someone else starts at left guard. But I digress. This is a projected lineup. So in 2021, left tackle, Chuk's a core four. Chuck Chukwuma, (laughs) a core four. Left guard, Kevin Dotson, second-year player. At center, we know it's either going to be B.J. Finney or Kendrick Green. I guess you could throw J.C. Hasnauer's name in the mix. I just don't see him beating out both of those players, barring injury. Right guard, you have Trey Turner. That was supposed to be David DeCastro. We all know what happened with his release. And then Trey Turner gets picked up as a free agent, and they're hoping that he can reclaim some of his past glory when he was with the Carolina Panthers. And then right tackle Zach Banner, who signed that new contract in this this past offseason. There there you have it. A core for Dodson, Finnier Green, Turner, and Banner. And so I went back, and I was like, okay, which of these players were actually drafted by the Steelers? So a core for Dodson, Green, and you can say Finney. He was an undrafted free agent out of Kansas State, but Turner was not and Banner was not drafted by the Steelers. We'll be talking about that as we go through and compare. All right, so let's start this off in 2005, the Super Bowl 40 champions, the one for the thumb team, and I had mentioned this. I'm not sure if it was on this podcast or the preview. I had mentioned that Brian Baldinger of the NFL Network, who's an NFL analyst for them, had done a really cool video breakdown of that 2005 team and how the 2021 Steelers would be wise to kind of take some of their power running schemes from that team and infuse them into 2021 with Najee Harris at running back, with the offensive line looking like they're going to be better built to run the ball than they would be to pass block. So with that said, let's go through left to right, 2005, your starting offensive line, left tackle Marvell Smith, left guard Alan Fanica, Hall of Famer, center Jeff Hardings, right guard Kendall Simmons, and right tackle Max Starks. Max Starks was drafted in 2004. A lot of people forget that he was in the same year that Ben Roethlisberger was drafted. The only player on that offensive line that was not drafted by the Steelers was Jeff Hardings. And I think, in my opinion, Jeff Hardings was one of the best free agent acquisitions in Steelers history. You would put him up there, in my opinion, with your James Farriers, your Kevin Greens. He was tremendous for the Steelers, and he was came from Detroit, 
He was a player that you're like, okay, he has a few years left in the tank. Let's see if we can get something out of him. They did. They did, and he won a Super Bowl uh, in the final years of his uh, career, so it was awesome to see. But look at that offensive line in 2005. Marvell Smith drafted. Alan Fanica was drafted by the Steelers. Kendall Simmons was a, a top pick for the Steelers, and Max Starks, I think, was a fourth-round pick for the Steelers. Could be wrong about that. I'll have to double-check. But still, that's a line that was built from the inside, built from the draft. So when you compare that to 2021, well, okay, a core for Dotson and maybe Green, they were drafted. Banner they picked up on the market, and obviously Trey Turner. You know, is Trey Turner that Jeff Harding's type? Can the Steelers get a few more years out of him before he's done? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But Banner, I think, you know, he, in my opinion, Banner wasn't drafted by the Steelers, but my gosh, they sure did develop him. He didn't stick with the the Browns or the Colts. It's It's been with the Pittsburgh Steelers where he's earned his money. Not a lot of money, not saying it's, you know, that uber rich contract, but he's earned his money. So you look, compare those two. And then if you even want to look at the players themselves, because you have Marvell Smith. He was a he was a big left tackle. A core four is is every bit as big. And then Alan Fanica and Dotson. Alan Fanica is a Hall of Famer for a reason. And I've said this. I know Dave Schofield said this. Brian Anthony Davis has said this. He should have been inducted years before. I know he he's finally in, and that's all that matters. But years before. But he was so athletic at the left guard position, watching him pull. He was one of the best that there was. So Alan Fanick and Dotson, that's a tough comparison. Kendall Simmons, though, Trey Turner. Trey Turner can resume where he was before he was traded from Carolina to Los Angeles. I'd say it's an upgrade. That's an upgrade. Kendall Simmons was great. He was serviceable, but he wasn't anything to write home about. Max Starks and Zach Banner, I feel like they're very comparable. Very comparable. Same build same skill set uh we'll see so maybe there are some comparisons from that 2005 team and that 2021 offensive line and then center though i forgot center how did i forget center center you have jeff hardings i talked about him being that free agent this is where it's the veteran presence it's the being able to make all those calls if there's one position that you look at this and say here's the glaring issue here's the biggest difference between 2005 and 2021 it's at center because Jeff Hardings had played so many games had been a veteran in the league he had seen everything that a defense could throw at him meanwhile BJ Finney's never been a day one starter at any position guard or center he's played a lot has experience but he's never been a week one starter out of the gate and then you have Kendrick Green who not only is he a rookie played four games at center last season in Illinois for the Illini. So Kendrick Green is a player that if he were to play, talk about inexperience, if he were to be the week one starter. So the biggest, like I said, there are some comparisons between 05 and 2021, but the biggest discrepancy, by far, the center position. We're going to dive into the 2008 season, Super Bowl 43, and even the 2010 season, Super Bowl 45, right when we come back after this break. Stay tuned.
right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to Let's Ride. I'm Jeff Hartman, your host, senior editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We're here for the. We're talking about the offensive line. If you're someone that loves the Hogs down in the trenches, you know trench warfare in the National Football League, then you love this topic. As we are comparing all of these, and hopefully, if you're someone, I understand that there are some fans that listen to my podcast that are young. They don't remember 2005, even if they were alive for it, which makes me feel really old, and I'm only 38 years old. So when you're thinking about, okay, now 2008, Super Bowl 43, here is the offensive line that started at, in Super Bowl 43. Uh, clearly, this was Mike Tomlin as the head coach, whereas 2005 was Bill Cowher, Hall of Famer. Congratulations, coach. 2008 left tackle was Max Starks. We talked about Max Starks, but he was the right tackle in 2005. Chris Kimoyatu at left guard. Center, Justin Hartwig. Right guard, Darnell Stapleton. And right tackle, Willie Colon. And you look at these players. Let's first talk about who was drafted by the Steelers. Max Starks, we know in 2004. Chris Kimoyatu was drafted by the Steelers. Darnell Stapleton was picked up by the Steelers. He was not drafted by them. And Willie Colon was drafted by the Steelers. Justin Hartwig was actually drafted by the Tennessee Titans. So this was the year. Everyone that was alive for this remembers Ben Roethlisberger on the podium, rocking the hat backwards, holding the Lombardi trophy, saying, how about this offensive line? What are they going to say now? And this is the one year that the Steelers faithful point to and say it's possible. It's possible for them to have a, on paper, really bad offensive line and then still win a championship. This is the season. Because they weren't that great. Actually, they were pretty bad. I mean, when you're talking about, look at this right side of the line. Center, Justin Hartwig, Darnell Stapleton, and Willie Cologne. I'm sorry. People might love Willie Cologne for the work he does for Bar- Barstool Sports now. But back then, Willie Cologne, I've always felt he was not a tackle. He was a guard. And he did play majority of his career at guard. But it was, I mean, Darnell Stapleton? I mean, really, people? This offensive line was awful. In so many ways, especially at the center position. And if you were alive for Super Bowl 43, as great as that game was, and that last drive that Roethlisberger and Santonio Holmes essentially said, we're going to do it all on our own. Get on my back, let's go. I mean, it really was the Roethlisberger to, to Holmes show. People forget Justin Hartwig's save, the holding in the end zone they remember another penalty by him. He was a liability at center. A liability. So let's compare. That's what we're doing this podcast. We are comparing the 2021 Steelers projected offensive line to these past Super Bowl teams. So Max Starks at left tackle. And again, I don't. a lot of people are going to say, well, core four is not that great. Max Starks, I don't, and I've talked with Max Starks. He was, he's been on our podcast before. He's a great guy. But remember, Mike Tomlin was not a big Max Starks fan. He just didn't think, I don't think he liked him that much, not from a player's perspective. I think that a core four will be just fine. Chris Kimoyatu and Kevin Dotson. Kevin Dotson is way more athletic. He's way more versatile. Justin Hartwig, I'll tell you what, Justin Hartwig Give me Finney or Green, a rookie Kendrick Green. I'll take him or Finney over Hartwig in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Darnell Stapleton and Trey Turner. Again, unless Trey Turner is still hurt, that's a that's a huge upgrade. And Zach Banner and Willie Cologne. Again, I'll take Banner. 
even though he doesn't have a lot of experience, even though he's only started one regular season game at right tackle. I don't care. Willie Colon was not a right tackle, in my opinion. He was more of a guard. And I think that this 2021 offensive line, compared to that 2008 offensive line, should give fans hope. It should give you hope that it is possible. It is possible. And this was a debate that Brian Anthony Davis and Dave Schofield, I mean, it seemed like it was endless on the Steelers preview last Thursday. If you haven't checked it out, listen to it. Go back and listen to part one and part two from last Thursday. I mean, they were just going back and forth about what's more important, the offensive line or the running back, the offensive line or the running back. And it was just endless. And it comes down to you can have a good running back and an average offensive line, or you can have a really good offensive line and an average running back. Either way, it's kind of like what came first, the chicken or the egg. This is a, this is the season that fans that are rooting for the team now in 2021 should be able to say, all right, we can do something with this, okay? I decided, okay, this is the last two Super Bowl championship teams. But I wanted to look at 2010. And I, I, I get... Uh, <laughs> You can probably hear it in my voice. I don't want to talk about this game. I have literally, I'm not lying here, folks. I've only watched this game once and it was live. And I have not watched it back since. I just, I don't want to. I can't. It's frustrating. And that was the Super Bowl 45 loss to the Green Bay Packers. It was kind of like the last hurrah with that legendary defense of, you know, Troy Polamalu, James Ferrier, uh, et cetera, James, uh, James Harrison. It was never the same after that game, and it was the Richard Mendenhall fumble, the David Johnson whiffed block that led to that fumble. I don't want to talk about that too much. I want to focus on the offensive line. So the offensive line that got to Super Bowl forty five. you're all ready for this. I mean, you thought 2008. Let's remember some of these names. Left tackle, Jonathan Scott. Yes, Jonathan Scott. Chris Kimoyatu was still at left guard. Marquise Pouncey was the center that whole season, his rookie year. But he got hurt. He got hurt in the playoff game, I believe it was against the New York Jets. And Doug Ligurski, the pride of Marshall University in Huntington, West Virginia. Shout out to all the Mounties back in West Virginia. Mountaineers. Not Mounties like... Michael Beck up in Canada, Canuckland. Uh, right guard, Ramon Foster. And then right tackle, remember Flozell Adams came in. Flozell the hotel. Ramon Foster, Chris was an undrafted free agent. We know Marquise Pouncey was a top pick. And Chris Kimoyatu, we know he was drafted. But again, this is the offensive line that got this team to a Super Bowl. To a Super Bowl, people. So, Jonathan Scott, Chris Kimoyatu, Doug Ligurski played in the Super Bowl. Pouncey was the one that was the the leader as a rookie of that offensive line. And then Ramon Foster is an undrafted free agent and Flozo Adams as a free agent pickup when they had some injuries at the position. I'll still remember when they signed Flozo Adams, everyone said, oh, this is such a horrible pickup. You know, he was a longtime Dallas Cowboy, never made it to the Super Bowl. And he was one of those players that you, you watched and you're like, man, if the Steelers could win that guy a Super Bowl, how cool would that be? How cool would it be for him to... And it, everyone knew it was his last year. Everyone knew he wasn't going to be playing after 2010. How cool would it be for him to win a Super Bowl and say, I'm done? And for him to win it with the Steelers and not the Cowboys. Didn't happen. It didn't happen. But still comparing that 2021, the 2021 projected offensive line with this one, I mean, give me a break. 
give me a break. This is a give me. I I can honestly say like Dotson over Kimoyatu already said that in 2008. Still stand by it. A core four over Scott. Yes, yes. Um, at center you have Pouncey. He was a different beast. He was a different beast from the moment he stepped on the foot in Latrobe. And I think that Kendrick Green has a lot of potential. I'm not expecting that type of performance from him. But in terms of Doug Ligurski, either Finney or Greener, I think an upgrade. Ramon Foster, Trey Turner. Trey Turner, where he is in his career compared to Foster at that point in his career, it's not even, it's a no contest. And then Flozo Adams and Zach Banner, I feel like Zach Banner at this stage in his career would be very similar to Flozo Adams at his career, except Adams would have a ton of experience and a, a, that he would have that veteran presence that maybe Banner doesn't have. But I'll tell you what, if when I looked at this, when I did this exercise, I left feeling a little bit better about the 2021 offensive line. I hope you did too. I hope you did too. I hope that you listened to me and said, wow, those were some really crappy offensive lines that made it to the Super Bowl or won Super Bowls. That 2005 offensive line was really good, folks. They, they were really good. And so um, this 2021, it started with Cosell's comment. It ta- His comments about the offensive line being different but not necessarily bad, the schematic changes with Matt Canada and now Najee Harris in the mix. It started with that, and then it led into this exercise comparing the 2021 projected line to 2005, 2008, 2010. And so I hope you enjoyed it. hope you enjoyed this little trip down memory lane. We have about five minutes left. I want to spend this time. This all started, uh, I was editing uh, an article by one Michael Beck, Deputy Editor Michael Beck, about... The Steelers, and he was talking about Buddy Johnson. This article is going to be running Monday morning, 7 a.m. Eastern time. And he had a sentence in there that for some reason just kind of popped something in my head. And this happens to me all the time. I'm weird this way. I'll read something, and I'll say, oh, my gosh, I could talk about that. Oh, my gosh, that's a podcast topical. Oh, my gosh, like that's the way my mind works. I'm weird. I get it. And he talked about the veteran core the veteran core. Now, I've talked about leadership in the Steelers a lot, and maybe more than most people would think is important to talk about leadership. I think that leadership is still important. But then this kind of meshes with Devin Bush. <laughs> if you hear me laughing, you should know why. If you are a Twitter user and you don't follow Devin Bush, this kid, this cat is totally different this year compared to the previous two. He's vocal. He's almost like he's out there, you know, stirring up stuff a little bit. And it wasn't until Sunday morning, I'm waking up and we're getting everything ready. And I check my Twitter account because I have to check for articles and get them on Facebook and all our other social media platform at at times. And someone posted a video of Devin Bush when he was a senior year in Michigan or his final year in Michigan. I'm not sure if he, I don't think he was a senior, but Devin Bush, this was a, everyone's probably seen this if you pay attention he went, they were playing it was Michigan, Michigan State. Devin Bush, he went to Michigan, goes on to the, the Michigan State Spartan logo in the middle of the field. And remember, he just annihilates it with his cleats and he's kicking up dirt and he's making a mess out of that logo. And the person that posted this said, and I wish I could give them credit, but I didn't remember, the, remember their name. They basically said, oh, so this guy is the one that's saying that all the people in the locker room that use TikTok need to stay away from him. You're surprised that it's this guy? Look at what he's doing. I mean, this is blatant disrespect to the other team, and he didn't care. 
this, maybe this Devin Bush is the leader that I think the Steelers actually need. Maybe this Devin Bush is the leader, not like Ben or Cam Hayward or even Vince Williams. Vince Williams had some of this edge back in the day when he was talking about Vontez Perfect and stuff like that. Vince Williams has definitely kind of toned it down, probably because the Steelers told him to. But Devin Bush is kind of like no holds barred right now. And maybe that's just what this team needs. They need someone that's going to go out there and stomp on a Ravens logo. They need someone that's going to go to Cleveland and get in someone's face. Maybe this team needs a Joey Porter type player. Maybe that's what the leadership needs, not people that are just going to say and toe the company line. Maybe that's what they need. And maybe there's a whole young group that is getting ready to emerge that is similar to this. You know who else I look at as a potential leader on this team? is Zach Banner. Zach Banner is not afraid to talk about taboo topics. He's not afraid to say what a lot of people are thinking. Devin Bush has followed suit. Devin Bush saying what he did about TikTok, give me a break. That's exactly what a lot of fans were thinking. Just put it away. And yet he had to kind of double back on, oh, his buddy, you know, Chase Claypool and Juju. You know what? No, you said what you said. And a lot of fans were thinking, yes, Give you a round of applause, Mr. Devin Bush. Good job. Good job. Thank you for being a leader. And so maybe it's Zach Banner that steps up too. Maybe it's someone like Najee Harris, Kevin Dotson. This young group is the future core. And so it's time. I think the time is right now for them to follow Devin Bush's lead. Follow Devin Bush's lead. And there have been people, other Steelers, that have said, where is this kid coming from? This is Devin Bush. The Devin Bush we saw two years ago is not the real Devin Bush in terms of him letting loose. I think Devin Bush is comfortable now. I think Devin Bush knows exactly what's expected of him. I think he is going to have a huge season on the field, but he's also going to be a leader off it. You know what number he wears? He wears 55. Hmm. Joey Porter, baby. The guy that got ejected from a game in Cleveland for fighting before the game. I'm not saying that he should fight anybody, Devin Bush, but sometimes you have to have an edge. Sometimes you have to have an edge. And, you know, the the same player, Joey Porter, they had to put a rule in place. The Joey Porter, like, buffer zone, where you couldn't go past the 40-yard line or 45-yard line to prevent these confrontations. The Steelers could use some of that, people. They could. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. I'm excited. This doing this stuff, and I hope you all feel this when you listen to my podcast. I get excited. I'm a fan just like you are. That's the benefit of working for SB Nation and to be a part of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is that we are fans just like you. We want the team to succeed. I don't have to tell a company line and say, well, I just kind of have to stay neutral here and we just have to kind of talk about the Steelers. No, screw that. I want them to win. I want them to win a Super Bowl. Why? I like the Steelers. And that's what you get. That's what differentiates us from other national media or even Pittsburgh media. Because the Pittsburgh media can't say they're fans either. And I think some of them aren't fans, to be honest with you. I think some of those people hate the Steelers, to be honest with you. Not here. Not a behind the steel curtain. So I hope you had a great day. If you had the day off, okay, awesome. Hope you're checking me out on Tuesday, but I hope you had a great day. Hope you had a great start to your week. Remember, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Wherever you get your podcasts, search Steelers. 
behind the steel curtain, whatever it is, subscribe, follow so you don't miss a thing. As we always finish it out here, folks, be safe, be kind, and God bless. I hope I'll see you on the Spotify Green Room Tuesday night. Otherwise, we'll be back on Wednesday to talk all things Steelers. Have a great day, everyone. See you.